thank you so much for coming out here this morning and packing in with us. Um, I love it. it. Looks good. You got to unplug that first. Um, so a couple of quick things first. I'm going to have my wife come up here quick. This is my wife, Jessica. We've been married a little over six years. And uh, she helped us, obviously, a ton. You know, we were in this together. Uh, partially, I could say it was her crazy idea to do this when, uh, when, when God spoke to us. And I said, oh, you know, God's doing this. She was like, let's do it. So couldn't have done it without her. And she hates the stage, so she's going to sit back down. Uh, but so grateful for her. And then we have a little one um, who's just basically a little over one years old, Caroline. She's, you'll probably see her running around here. Um, she's at the stage right now where she says hi to everything that moves. Hi, 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 hi. So she'll be the one doing that in the hall in just a minute. Um, but so glad that you're here. Uh, in case you didn't pick up on it, this is our very first Sunday. It's our very first. Yeah, yeah. So um, an incredible amount of people, of course, have, have, have done a ton to make this happen today. And so we couldn't thank them all, but we're so thankful for everyone who helped. And we're thankful, so thankful for you to come and support us this morning. So one of those people that's been a huge part of what we um, have done and are doing here as a church is a mentor of mine who I've known for 15 years. Um, you might have heard him a little bit this morning. He's from the South, and so he'll give you a lot of those, God is good, come on, you know. So, uh, but welcome to the stage, Pastor Tommy Pinkerton. Um, this is Pastor Tommy. And like I said, when I was in youth group, uh, he would come speak at our youth camps and um, it's really rare to find somebody um, who doesn't just take the gig and speak at a youth camp and leave. Um, he came and spoke at the youth camps, but then he stayed in touch with a lot of us and poured into our life. So in our highs and in our lows, Pastor Tommy was a part of our life. And so uh, not only is he a great mentor to us, but he also runs a ministry called Souls for Christ. And he'll talk about that here in a minute. But um, they do all sorts of things in um, the Philippines and overseas. So he's my mentor. Uh, he's one of our missionaries. Uh, he's also our evangelist because he goes out there and preaches. And uh, I told him to keep all his hankies at home because sometimes he gets, <laughs> he's from the South. He gets a little wild. But, uh, but, um, but he does that. And then he's also one of our board members. Uh, we have a board of outside overseers that consult us here uh, at Vertical Church. They don't tell us what to do, but we believe that there's wisdom. He's going to give me a look like, oh, we'll see about that. Uh, but... Uh, but there's wisdom in outside counsel. And, um, and so we have that team set up here at Vertical and he's one of them. So I'm gonna turn it over to him for a minute and he's gonna speak a little bit because as we raised money to build this church here, what's happening today, we sowed from what we gave into his ministry and uh, part of what they do happens in the Philippines. And so the churches that they're a part of in the Philippines, of course, unfortunately, were wiped out. But what's been neat for us is as you've given to what we're doing here, we've turned and give, given to them. So as we built this church, we also helped rebuild churches in the Philippines. Somebody say amen. So he's going to talk for just a minute and then, um, yeah. God is good, amen. It's good to see every one of you here today and what an awesome privilege it is to be here with Pastor Josh and and as you know, um, 15 years ago, as he said, I guess he's 30 now, and I'm older than that, amen? And, uh, and so uh, 15 years ago, in a small little room, like a classroom size, in, uh, up in Grand Haven, and that's kind of where it all began with us. And how many of you know beginnings is important? That how you begin a thing is very important, and here we are at the beginning of the year, starting this new church, Vertical Church, and, and uh, what a privilege it is to be here and, 
And as Joshua said that, you know, we've been able to be with him and a part of his life throughout many transitions and many different things and from being children's ministry, youth pastor, doing everything, associate pastor, you know what associate means, the first three letters, hello, okay. And so um, you know how it is. And so uh, when you are... Then it's but it's okay to be an associate because it never the blame never gets on you. You know it's our first Sunday and you just said that, right? Right. Well, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. They said it in their minds. I said nothing. Just remember, everyone, we send him back. Yeah, I don't. I don't have to stay here, so I can. That's a part. Of, that's a part of an evangelist. That's awesome. You say what you want. Don't turn me off back there. I'm watching you. And then you go and out on the road and do it somewhere else and leave there too, but. God has been so faithful to us over the years to be able to be a part of Joshua's life and Miss Jessica, now little Caroline, she was sitting on my lap and I was talking to her last night in the hotel room and she's just looking at me saying, I've never heard anyone talk like this before in my life. And I said, this is how you're supposed to talk when you're spiritual, amen. <laughs> and so we were having an awesome time. And But you know what? God is so faithful to us because... What's amazing about this place and this moment is that it is a first. And what you do in a first is very important because it suggests and actually declares what you're going to do for the rest. And I think it's awesome that as a church, already you have said to God that we believe in what the heart of God is. And the heart of God truly is missions. Amen. Not just necessarily missions in Mexico or missions in the Philippines. The mission is to preach the gospel to those that are lost. And when you sow a seed towards that, as you have already done, and it just so happens to be to souls for Christ, so I'm thankful for that. Praise God. Keep it coming. Amen. Because the more that you give towards missions, the more souls are going to be one for Jesus Christ. And at the end of the day, the Bible says, He that wins souls is wise. Do you need wisdom? How many of you need wisdom? Say amen. Well, win souls. And as you win souls, then wisdom, of course, is there. And so, um, you know, we've got uh, been in this thing called Souls for Christ for many years now. And I've uh, been going to the Philippines for the last 10 years of our life. Two years ago, my whole family, my wife and my two boys, spent three months in the Philippines. How many of you know that's more than a missions trip? When you decide that McDonald's is a five-star restaurant, you know you've been overseas for too long. When you couldn't wait to kiss Ronald McDonald, you're like, praise the Lord, no more rice, hallelujah. And so we did that, and, and matter of fact, right here in May, March the 6th, we'll be heading back to the Philippines. And, and as Josh said, if you watched the news at all, you saw that the largest storm in history hit the area where we have our Bible college. It was destroyed. Many of our churches that we've worked over the last 10 years to build were destroyed. And so this offering that you guys have already given is going to go to rebuild those churches and uh, to rebuild uh, the place of safety, just like you have here. We're going to rebuild those places there in the Philippines. Now, it won't be this nice, but you know what? They don't need it to be this nice. Just give them some chairs. I've preached there before where there was a hurricane in progress. I didn't know it, but they did, but they didn't care. 
and a hurricane is blowing. I'm standing preaching with an umbrella in my hand, water at my ankles. The church was full. And I thought, I wonder if we would come to church in the U.S. while there's a, well, there's no need to even think about it. We know we wouldn't. We'd be at home right now, wouldn't we? And uh, we're going to rebuild those things. And also, my best friend and also Anthony Flores, he's the director of all of our Hispanic ministries. And uh, give Anthony a big old hand clap. I was going to let Anthony get up and say a few words, and Pastor Josh said, oh, no, two preachers, three preachers, that's way too many. So we got to keep, keep it under control here. But um, he is actually taking his family in, Mar or in May or this summer, his wife, his uh, little three-year-old Anna Lee, and he's got another baby in the oven, amen. And uh, they're taking their whole family to Mexico, not to go on a trip, but to live to start the first Souls for Christ Institute there in Mexico, where we're going to raise up young men and women of God for the gospel's sake. Say amen. And so that's what we're going to do. And and uh, I'm going to wrap this thing up. I think he told me I had 20 minutes, but I said I didn't need 20. Did you say 20? Oh, 10. Are we at 10 yet? I don't know. That was 15 minutes ago. I can't see. The lights are so bright right now. I can't see. And so. Okay. <laughs> you do remember, I, I'm one of these powerful board members. You know how board members are. I'm going to talk to him after service, okay? Father, we love you. Can you lift your hands towards heaven as we just pray over the remainder of this service? Father, we thank you so much for your many blessings. Lord, let your anointing just begin to flow like never before. God, all of the work that has already been put into this, to this moment, to this first. Lord, I ask that your spirit would just flow in a powerful way. Lord, those that are just here to just say, God bless you. But maybe there are those in this room that are saying, maybe this is the place for me, my family. Because we want to go up. We want to be a part of what you're doing. And, Lord, I pray that each person in this room would receive something great from you. But not only would we receive from you, God, but that we would give something back to you. And even in this time, God, that we would give our best as a first to represent what we plan to do for the remainder of the year. Bless Josh, his family, and this church like never before in Jesus' wonderful name. And if you love the Lord, can you give the Lord the biggest hand clap you can? We were arguing in the hotel over time, and my wife just kept giving him all of our time. She was like, no, yeah, you can have 20, Pastor Tommy, that's fine. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do anything. So, no, it's okay. A couple of things. Um, we had a promo video that I'm actually going to cut just because it's a little bit longer, and um, I want to share from my heart for a minute. So, in just a second, we're going to get ready to receive our tithes this morning, uh, our tithes and offerings. And if you're making out a check, it can be made out to Vertical Church. Um, otherwise, when we pass the buckets, just drop it in there. And we do have online giving. So very secure, safe. Um, we work with an organization called Easy Tithe. And so you can set up uh, recurring giving. All that stuff is really secure. So you'll find that info on our website. But um, just want to share a minute from my heart. Um, my wife and I have been nurturing the call, is what we've been saying, to come plant a church in Zealand for about six years. Um, we don't believe in doing anything by our own hand. And so if it was us trying to work it all out, it would fail anyway, because the scripture says that unless Christ build the church, those that labor, labor in vain. And so we've been letting this develop the way that it needed to. And of course, there was a lot of things that needed to develop in us. 
And um, so now the time is right. And so when we set out to decide where we were going to launch this church, we knew it was going to be in the Zealand area because our heart has been here for the last six years. It's like our heart stayed here. Um, we kind of grew up in this area, the Lakeshore, and then we moved away um, down south, North Carolina for a little while in different places. But while we were gone, our heart was here and always here and thinking of here. And so uh, it, we, we, we nurtured it for a while. And so the time was right. And so we hooked up with an organization that specializes in church planting, starting a church from scratch. Um, these members, people that you see here, we, we weren't sent out of another church. We weren't um, like a break off of anything. Uh, we started from scratch and we hooked up with an organization called ARC and they consult you in church planting. And so we, we got all this information and most of those churches that plant with ARC either go into a movie theater or they go into a school. A lot of you have probably seen that. It's a lot of setup and teardown type stuff and there's nothing wrong with that but with our heart to be very involved in the community and to be very involved um, outside of a building, um, we started to look around like, what could we be a part of that allows us to be involved very actively in the community? And as a new church, it's hard to do that because you don't have a lot of people and you don't have a lot of manpower and all that kind of stuff. You're getting off the ground. So how can we be very involved in a community um, as a new church? And so then we found this place. What's interesting is seven years ago, when this first got changed over from a hospital to a ministry center, the power wasn't on in this building yet. And uh, some us and some of our youth group students, because we used to pastor in Grand Haven, we came here and we helped clean this place out when they were converting it to a ministry center. So imagine that, no power in an old hospital and you're cleaning out all the old, it was very scary. <laughs> um, so anyway, so sort of in its infancy of this ministry, this whole building, which is called City on a Hill, um, we were a part of it then. So to be able to come back and connect and launch the church out of here is so beautiful for us for multiple reasons, but the biggest one being as a start church, this ministry here, City on a Hill, this building, what this place is, is it's full of ministries. And so anyone in the community can come here and start a nonprofit Christian organization and, um, and launch out of here. So this is what's beautiful about it, is yeah, it has a food bank and yeah, it has like a, um, some of your common ministries and all those are really important, but they have really unique ministries like down the hall here, um, they have a ministry called Rick Rack. And the way that it works is foster teenagers uh, can come here once a month and they can pick out free clothes. But when the kids come in, it's not like, hey, kid, your clothes are over there on the table. Get them and get out of here. The whole thing is set up like this boutique. And so when they come in and they pick out clothes, it's about loving on them and building their self-esteem and spending time with them. And so for us as a new church, yeah, we're a new church. Yeah, we're going to have services and that's all important. And we're having a great time with the kids upstairs right now. All that stuff is important. It's important for us to be involved in the community. And so as a new church, we can literally walk down the hallway and partner with some of these other ministries and be very effective in our community. Um, another really neat ministry down the hall is, um, it, it's really neat. There's um, a room set up for sewing and, and a bunch of women and maybe a couple guys, I don't know, but um, women, they sit at these sewing machines and when a loved one has a family who passed, uh, a family member who passed away, um, people can donate some of their favorite items. So it's like a necktie or a favorite blanket or a favorite sweater or whatever. And they quilt these special items into a big quilt and they give it back to the family as a keepsake. And then they just ask a donation and they take that donation and they sew it into clean drinking water in Africa and different other ministries. And so again, for us, it's important for us to have service. We value church and all that kind of stuff. But if that's all it is, like Jared was saying this morning, if all we do is come here and act right and leave, we're missing it by a mile. And so our heart is to be here, have church, love on families, strengthen families, but then connect with ministries in our community to better the community. Amen. And so when you give this morning, um, you know, whatever is in your heart is what the scripture says. Give, 
give cheerfully uh, whatever's in your heart, you know, unto God. And so um, no pressure to you. Obviously, we're not, you know, we don't have any expectations. We, that's between you and God. And so when you give this morning, I just want you to know um, that it's helping a lot of those ministries, not only in Mexico and the Philippines and what we've been doing. Um, we have a heart to, to better our community, not just have church. Somebody say amen. So let's pray over the giving and then we'll get into the message portion of our service. So God, we love you so very much. We are so thankful for what you're doing here. God, we just ask uh, that you bless everyone who gives this morning uh, or whether they give online or however they give, Lord. Uh, we just ask that you bless them. Uh, Lord, strengthen uh, their families and what they're doing. Lord, we just thank you uh, for all of the money that goes forward. Lord, we know it's gonna go into good ground and it's gonna have eternal purpose. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen. Falling on my head And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling So I just didn't need some talking to the sun And I said I didn't like the way he got things done Sleeping on the job Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling But there's one thing I know Can't steal a water So today we're going to launch a new series called What Am I Doing? And I'll just set it up a little bit We had this thought um, this week Or actually as we were kind of talking about this series Um just called, What Am I Doing? And I'll explain it to you. Um, basically, nine months ago to this week, um, my wife and I, uh, we, we made probably the biggest decision in our life, easily, um, to, to start this church, to launch this church from scratch. And so we were currently living over uh, in Brighton, like the Howell area, and um, we felt the call of God to move back here. And so um, spoke, of course, with mentors and gained wisdom from other people and felt like that was the assignment on our life. We heard from God to do that. And uh, so we did. We, we actually kind of did the whole faith thing. We, we sold a lot of our stuff. We packed up a lot of our things and sold a lot. Uh, I can't even tell you how many people we had come through our house on Craig, uh, from Craigslist, um, which is obviously interesting. And um, so, so we sold a lot of our stuff and we moved back. My parents actually live on the Borculo side of Zealand. And um, we moved in with my parents for the summer because everything's a big question mark. And so we went and did our training with ARC and we moved in with my parents. And uh, it's great. They've been gracious in, in helping us, you know, get this off the, off the ground because we have no salary guarantee. There's nothing like that. It was all a faith get out of the boat moment for us, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But um, so I can tell you about this day. So we have this day. And uh, when you're planting a church, uh, there's so many incredible blessings every day. Uh, you get these incredible blessings and you're just like, God is with us. This is amazing. But then there's, to be honest, there's those days where you just have rejection and heartache and frustration and, and you hit the walls and that's all on purpose. You know, they told us at the ARC training, God's going to send you people and then there's going to be some people sent your way that God didn't send you. And, um, and so you're always navigating through like what fits, you know, and uh, it's not that you reject people. It's just uh, some people have the wrong intentions. And, uh, and so we love everyone, and, and, and we have a heart for that. But um, anyway, so we're, we just had one of the worst days. We had one of the worst days, and um, it was actually really, really late. It was about midnight. 
And uh, it was one of those days where everything goes wrong. And so my wife and I were driving home to my parents' place. And like I said, they live in Borculo on the countryside of things. And so uh, it's pouring down the rain, horrible rain, uh, you know, so you can't see. And uh, it was one of those moments, too, where even though we had fed Caroline, my daughter, we had changed her, uh, everything was well with her, except for she was still just in hysteria, complete. So she's screaming. It's raining. It's hard to drive. It's like midnight. Um, again, borculo side of things. And so the farmers had just spread a nasty amount of manure. And so it was the kind that you feel like once it gets in your car, you're, you're dying, like you can't breathe. So, so it's smelling terrible. It's raining. The baby's crying. We're exhausted. We actually just got back from a meeting that, that kind of felt like rejection. So we're, God, where are you? You know, and so all this is going on. And so uh, we pull in and we get in to park and uh, we have to walk in the rain to get into the house. Uh, and so we park and all this stuff's going on. And I go to put the parking brake on. Uh, the van and it snaps to the floor right when I go to put the parking brake on so I'm just like oh okay so now my mom has animals and and she has horses and all kinds of stuff they live on a farm and she has a miniature donkey kind of like an associate Uh, (laughs) so she has one of these and uh, it's like the Shrek donkey and his name's Maverick and he's awesome but he wasn't awesome that night and uh, when they say, what does a donkey say? And you say, hee-haw, like you think that sounds cute. But if you've ever really heard a donkey, hee-haw, it's terrifying. And it sounds like some multiple people are being murdered. <laughs> and, so we, and so he sticks his head out of the fence, and, and he turns his head, and he just lets this scream out. And so the parking brake broke, and it smells like manure, and it's raining, and the kid's crying. And now the donkey's, ah, ah, and he just keeps going and going. And I just had this moment where I'm like, what am I doing? We left a good job. We had like, you know, all the, what am I doing? And I think that a lot of times when God is getting us to where he wants us to be, it's this nudge out of the boat. It's this, he, he puts a dream in you. He puts a passion in you. He puts something in you. And as you're pursuing it, as you're pursuing your step out of that boat, you have these moments of what am I doing? And I had a quote sent to me. It said, anytime you feel like quitting, remind yourself of why you started. And I think that's when we get those moments. What am I doing? It's to bring you back to the fundamentals of why you started something. What's the reason that you got there? And so today, I want to take a look for the next maybe 20 minutes at a scripture that I love. It's actually my favorite story in the Bible, and I'll explain it here in a minute. But Peter, the story of him walking on the water is obviously this what am I doing moment. Peter sees Jesus, and he steps out of the boat, and he's walking on water, and then he takes a look around at all the waves. How many know Peter was going, what am I doing right now? And, uh, and I think that's a good place to be. When you're with God and you're in this, what am I doing? What that means is, I can't figure it out anymore. When you're at this moment of you've hit rock bottom, and you're like, what am I doing? means that you've run out of your own ways to equate it or have the equation, and you're fully trusting God at that point. Amen. So let's read the story quick. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. I'm going to take a little drink of water as you turn in your Bibles. As technology progresses, you don't hear pages turning anymore. You hear smartphones like swiping. Um, Okay, so Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. I'll read all of this. I'll read all these scriptures. Um, There's about nine of them, and then we'll, we'll be done with reading for the day. But it's the story of Peter walking on water. It says, Right away, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat 
he had them go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Then he went, then he sent the crowd away. After he had sent them away, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. So it's getting late in the night. The boat was already gone away from land. It was being pounded by the waves because the wind was blowing against it. It says, early in the morning, Jesus went out to the disciples. He walked on the lake. So Jesus goes out walking on the water. They, they saw him walking on the lake and they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Right away, Jesus called out to them, be brave. It is I, don't be afraid. Lord, it is you, uh, Peter asked. If it is, tell me to come to you on the water. And that's a scripture we're going to play with here for the rest of the day. Then it says, so Peter got out of the boat. He walked on the water toward Jesus. But when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid. He began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. I mean, know, we have those days. Lord, save me today. Just save me. Actually, in this church planting process, um, I actually had a day where you get ready with your prayer chart and you get ready with everything. You're going to gear up and you're going to like use faith and you're going to pray. I actually got up that day and I just prayed this. God, can I just have a break today? Like, just, just give me, save me and give me a break today. Um, so I'm, I'm with Peter on this, just this desperation. And then it says, right away, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. He said, your faith is so small, he said. Uh, your faith is so small, he said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those in the boat worshiped Jesus. They said, you really are the son of God. So what I want to play with today is the scripture that says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. Here's why this is my favorite story in scripture is because Peter in this story got to be a part of a miracle, but it wasn't a necessary miracle. It's easy in scripture to say, yeah, the blind guy wanted to be healed and the sick guy wanted to be healed and the guy standing at the Red Sea and the army is closing in on him. That guy got a miracle because they were all desperate because it needed to happen in their life. But Peter didn't have to get out of the boat. Peter could have stayed where he was. Peter could have, could have been comfortable in that same old boat with the other disciples just doing his thing. But he had a trust in God that life in God is so great. The closer you get to Jesus, the closer you get to God, the better it is. And so he had this understanding of if Jesus is there, I'm going to forego where I am and get as close to God as I can because that's the best place to be. Somebody say amen. amen. So there wasn't this great need. He just had an understanding that being close to God is the best place to be. Peter saw walking on water as opportunity instead of opposition. Peter saw walking on water and getting out of the boat as opportunity instead of opposition. I wonder a lot of times in our life when God nudges you with a dream or with a passion or with a desire or something that he may be calling you out of the boat on, I wonder how many of us look at the scenarios and we, we evaluate everything and we say, boy, that's a lot of opposition. And we forego the, the fact that Jesus or God has put some, God's put something in you and, and he's nudging you to him saying, hey, it's, it's not opposition, it's opportunity to be a water walker, to be someone who, who had a miracle, who got to do something nobody else has done. Amen? Everyone loves miracles. We sell out box offices with the miracle story, the this big miracle, this big thing. Everybody loves those, but nobody likes miracle territory because miracle territory is you have nowhere else to go unless the miracle happens. But I'm encouraging you, trust Trust God with what he's leading you into this year. This year, in 2014, trust him like never before. Take your step out of the boat this year. 
Maybe for you, it's an environment you're not necessarily comfortable in. Maybe for you, it's, it's uh, relationships that you're not maybe comfortable in. Or God's put something in you. He's nudging you to something. You know what those are. I'm encouraging you, get out of the boat this year. Do something for God because he always meets you there. Amen? Just like we sang this morning, in all things, God is with us. In all things. We're going to have the moments where we say, what am I doing? But what's great about that is it, it leaves it to God. And, and when we trust God, it leaves it all up to God. Uh, I love the scripture that says that uh, when we have, when, uh, that God will give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. And everybody's like, oh, that's so good. God's going to give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. But in order to have a peace that surpasses all understanding, you have to give up the right to understand it. Yeah, I want that peace that I don't, you know, it surpasses my own understanding. But you have to be in a place where you say, God, I don't understand how this works, but I'm still going to trust you. And then you receive that peace. So it's a good scripture that we all throw around and we put on business cards. But to live in that place, it's a, what am I doing? I don't understand it, but I trust you, God. Amen. A great writer penned these words. He says this, to change the world, it starts with one step. However small, the first step is hardest of all. Once you get your gate, you'll be walking tall. And that's it. You got to take that step out of the boat. You got to take that moment. The first step is the hardest. The first step is, is making that commitment. And so for you, you know, maybe it's personal time with God where you just say, hey, this year I want to do more. Uh, or family prayer time, or maybe you want to uh, make a stronger connection to your local church or whatever you're doing, I'm encouraging you that first step is hardest of all. But when you get your gate, you'll be walking tall. I mean, you're going to get in that groove. I'm telling you, the sleepless nights, the, I mean, we had crews here till 1 a.m. five times this week, you know, just all these late. Those were the first steps. But after that, we're, we're going to be in the community, better in the community, walking in what God called for this area. Amen. So I'm encouraging you to walk. Um, I love this. Stop looking at everything as opposition and start looking at it as opportunity. There's two kinds of people here. This is what I noticed this week. There's two kinds of people. Uh, we have people that are water walkers and people that are boat heads. They just love to stay in the boat. Everything's got to be comfortable. Uh, we stayed at a hotel recently uh, a couple times. And my wife and I, when we get into the hotel room, uh, it's so funny so you come up to a bed that's not yours. So one bed, uh, my wife and I are there. And what do you do? You choose the same side of the bed that you sleep on at your house, right? right. How many in here would say, no, I'll I would change it up. I would swap. None of us, right? Isn't that crazy? So I actually was in a hotel last night. I stayed in a hotel to get rest and all this kind of stuff. And I, and, and I thought of this sermon. And I literally was going to make myself sleep on the other side of the bed. And I couldn't do it. I was, you just... <laughs> You're so comfortable. I was like, I got to get good sleep tonight. I better not risk sleeping on that side of the bed. That could be, I'd have to, that would be crazy. That's a boathead. That's somebody who like keeps everything all comfortable and they don't want to risk and they just want to stay in the boat where they can keep everything all. And it was funny. Uh, I started coming to work here more often uh, as we set up our offices and stuff. And the same people park in the same places. We do all the same stuff. And a life in God is a get out of the boat. It's trust God. It's do something different. For God to show up strong in our life, it's for us to use our faith and step out. Amen? God even called Jesus into an out of the boat moment. And there's a lot of cool truths in that. He called Jesus to go into the wilderness for 40 days. Come out into the wilderness and he was fasting and, and, and there was a testing. The scripture says that the devil was tempting him and, and there was all these back and forth conversations and he was really trying Jesus in his wilderness because it got him out of this place that he was in and it tested him and it strengthened him. And here's what I love. Here's what I want to kind of point out. 
God doesn't intend for our wilderness seasons or our get out of the boat moments. He doesn't intend for those moments to defeat us. Though it may feel like, what am I doing? My life, the donkey, the car's broke. The, the, it feels like, what am I doing? I messed this thing up. Those moments aren't meant to defeat you. They're meant to empower you. And here's why I can say that. Because the scripture says that Jesus, when he left his wilderness, it says that he left in the power of the spirit. There was an increase after his wilderness moment. And this is how he got there. Three things happened that Jesus did in his wilderness. The scripture said he made a worship decision. He always rebuttaled the devil by saying, I will worship my God and worship my God only. When you make a decision in your moments that may feel like a wilderness or a step out of the boat moment, and you say, God, in this moment, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to trust that in all things you are with me. When you make that worship decision, the scripture says that the devil left Jesus in the wilderness. The angels came and ministered to him. And the scripture says that miracles begin to take place in Jesus' life. It's the same thing in your life. When you're in this, what am I doing? You feel like you're in this wilderness, but you're trusting God and you're being obedient to God. And you make a worship decision. God, I'm going to trust you through this. The enemy leaves your life and angels can come and minister to you. And then miracles happen. Your provision takes place. Somebody say amen. So I'm encouraging you, man, take that step out of the boat, even though it may look like wilderness and it may look like something that's set up to destroy you. It's actually the thing that's set up to empower you. We always talk about uh, how Peter was sinking. You know, everyone makes a big deal out of the fact that he sank. But I want to encourage you in this. When he started sinking, notice Jesus didn't criticize him. Oh, here you go, Peter, you're sinking because he tried. God doesn't criticize those who diligently trust him and try. When God gives you a nudge or he's leading you into something, and that may be something as simple as serving in your local church or maybe you're launching a ministry. Our prayer as we're a church here is that ministries get launched throughout this building out of this church. I hope that a year from now we can walk these halls and say, because God sent people to this church and God spoke to them and God put dreams and passions in their heart, now we're renting more space and we have this unique ministry and this different thing, this different thing. That's what our desire is. So maybe God's nudging you and maybe God's encouraging you. Here's what I want to encourage you. God doesn't criticize. God doesn't judge. God doesn't when we miss it or when we're off the pace. Jesus didn't say, oh, you're sinking, Peter. Whatever God is calling you to this year, just be encouraged. Here's what I love. This church here, we're going to be encouragers. Uh, complaining is the language of unbelief. Praise is the language of faith. I love this statement here. People will rise to the level, people will rise or fall to the level of your praise. So if we're saying, oh, that person over there, they're this and they're this and we're criticizing them down here, that's where they'll get. But if we're praising them up here, oh, that person, they're this. And your kids and your husband, if we're talking about them up here, guess what they're going to get to? They're going to get up to here. So we want to build a culture here where we're loving others towards God. We're talking about other people up. We're, we're, we're elevating people vertical. Somebody say amen. Uh, I'm going to have the band come up here. We're going to sing one more song, but I want to share a couple more thoughts while they're getting in place. So uh, try to ignore them. It's like, hey, band, come up and nobody look at them. <laughs> um, I bring this chair up here and I never sit in it. I just put it there because I feel it behind me and it keeps me from pacing and talking too fast. <laughs> so check this out. There's a couple truths that I want to share um, as they get ready. So again, ignore them. But God in the what am I doing moments has the answer. He has the equation. So for you in 2014, whatever you may face, I want to encourage you that God has the answer. God knows when you don't know. When you don't know what you're doing, when you don't know what it looks like, God does. And, uh, and, and here's why I want to prove it. This is what I love about this story too. 
Do you know that earlier in Scripture, um, there was a moment, you know, Jesus could have just actually in an instant just rushed up to the boat. Do you know that in previous Scripture, there's a story where Jesus suddenly rushed a boat off the sea and uh, right to shore. But in this instance, he decided to walk on it. So you're like, what, is, what are you doing in this? One moment you can rush a boat to shore, but in another moment you feel like it's important for you to walk on the water. Why was it important for him to walk up to the disciples on the water? Because he was making a statement to those disciples that the thing that you're terrified, the thing that you're frustrated, the thing that you're stressing about, the waves, the wind, the storm, Jesus is saying, I got those things under my feet. Somebody say amen. I have the ability to walk on those issues of life. So it was a statement move that Jesus was making there. And I'm encouraging you in the same way that Jesus here today is saying, when you take a step out and you trust God and you walk in faith, uh, all those problems that you may see, the breaking of the car pedal and all of the things, and I don't know how it's going to work out. He is walking up on those problems with them under his feet. Somebody say amen. I also love this. That wasn't enough. Not only did he say, uh, those are under my feet, but then he says to Peter, yeah, come out into the water with me. Let's put those problems under your feet. So not only is he trusting, obviously, that he's God and all-powerful, but he's saying, I believe in you enough that you can walk in a life that's a better life. The scripture says that God said that he came to give us life and give it to us better. He believes in you so much that he believes you can walk on this troubles and these things of life. Amen? And then, of course, he, he sank. And uh, here's my kind of closing point as I kind of play behind us a little bit. Uh, my closing point is this. He sank. He sank. And everyone says, oh, he sank. He sank. He went out there and he sank. But why did he sink? And here's why he sank. Because the scripture says he took his eyes off Jesus. He was totally focused and completely trusting in Jesus. And the moment that he took his eyes off and began to look at the things of the world and look at the things in his life that were stressing him out, he sank. What I love the most about God is even though the scripture said, he said, why do you have little faith? You know, Jesus responds to him and says, why, do you, why, did you, why did you have little faith? But the context in which he says it is like this, like you would say to your son, man, buddy, you're better than that. Why did you use little faith? You're better than that. You could have done it. Like when you're training somebody, it wasn't like you of little faith. It was, dude, Peter, come on, you've got this. Why little faith? Why did you use your little faith today? You put your little faith pants on. What are you doing here? <laughs> so it was this very encouraging. And then the scripture says he immediately reached out his hand and he pulled for him. And then the scripture says that they walked back to the boat and got in the boat. Can you imagine that moment? Hey, you sank and Jesus pulls you up. And then there's the boat and you're walking on water side by side with God in the flesh. Wow. Because he, 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 he had the faith to step out of the boat and trust a God who, who believes in you, who believes in you. And so my encouragement to you is we're gonna stand here in a minute, I'll tell you, just a second. And we're gonna sing this song again called All Things. And uh, we sang it just a minute ago. And I wanna encourage you, if you have something in your heart or this year you have passions and things, my encouragement to you is sing this out. God is with you in all things. And I love that the lyrics say when I'm broken or when I don't see it or when it's dark, we're all gonna have the what am I doing moments. But in all things, God is with us. In all things, he never leaves us and forsakes us. And so we're going to sing this out. And then, uh, and then I'll come back up here and close the service. So if you'd stand, we're going to sing this one more time. But in your hearts, really make a connect with God. Kind of have a step out of the boat moment uh, with whatever you're trusting God for.